Um, thanks for making time, Midori. This is such a thrill to be able to chat with you. I'm I'm just so excited and I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to keep it down to the time restriction because I know you've got a lot going on. One of the first things I want to say is how grateful I am for your good health um, and that you have made it through this pandemic experience. What has this experience been like for you? I don't know if you had been teaching when the pandemic hit and what it all meant for you. I think that this has been a challenging time for many of us. Uh, I have been teaching. Everything went online, um, including some performances, teaching definitely, as well as some of the workshops and the community engagement uh, activities that I do. And I think that I really appreciated the possibilities that the technology was able to offer us, but I also uh, I feel very strongly that the in-person experience um, is something that cannot be replaced. And I, I'm really embracing the technology, which can actually really help us make the in-person encounters even more meaningful in the future. And so um, I think it's wonderful to be able to work together, to be able to really think about possibilities that the technology bring and in order to be able to focus more in the in-person um, opportunities. And I'm, I was very, just, just very, very happy that um, I used to consider myself rather hopeless for anything to do with technology. And then I was still teachable, I discovered along the process of the pandemic and being on Zoom and other platforms so much. And in fact, on some days that I was online so much that I didn't actually have the time to go out. Um, I know that many, many days my colleagues felt that they were being held back in, in, in the apartment or in the house and not able to go out. And some days I was so busy being online that I, even if I wanted to go out, I wouldn't have had the, the time to do so. Um, I think most of the pandemic I spent in New York City at my mother's and it was not an easy time uh, for any one of us, but also who were um, directly affected by the by the the virus and the pandemic. I was very fortunate to have stayed healthy, um, as has my mother. Uh, but I think this was a very learning um, period. Um, yes, of course, about the technology, but realization you know that really came very strongly upon us that we're not invincible and that we have to respect that we have to learn to respect again um, our environment our surroundings our friends um, our family members and those that are around us and those that are may not that may not be in the immediate environment uh, of ours but that we're all members of this world community um, I think that there was a lot that we had to learn uh, from that um, I think at times it was, even from artistic point of view, quite stressful. Of course, not having opportunities to perform live, that is a stress on its own, uh, but also having to prepare everything with the contingency plans, with extra um, repertoire 
um, and not seeing the not seeing the results of it, uh, not to see the performances actually take place. Some of the cancellations came in very late, even during the height of the pandemic, sometimes a week, sometimes just five days before the actual performance. And of course, as a performer, one has to prepare, even though you might know that somewhere along the way that it's not going to happen, but unless it gets officially canceled, we have to keep working. So um, there were times when, when I felt that I was carrying on perhaps three times more than usual of um, what's usually in my repertoire. And that was very stressful um, because of the nonprofit work that I do. Um, all my organizations and activities got the pandemic special COVID support programs and for which I had mm -hmm. to learn quite a lot about the, um, about the technology, which I actually did enjoy at the very end um, getting to learn a new skill. That was very nice. Um, I think there. I think in ten years' time, we're going to look at this time back, and we're going to have many more responses, many more reactions that um, we're not realizing right now. But um, I do hope that we can take from this um, what can become very positive. Yes, there are things we'll take away that opened our eyes to other possibilities. I think you're right. I think that will happen. And when you speak of learning and in your surprise at, you know, still being able to learn maybe when uh, from a technology perspective, I'd like to know if because you've had such an extraordinarily long career, having started so young, are you still learning from your violin? What is what is your relationship to the violin and, and not just the its own personality, which of course I think all violins have, but but I think of you as such a master of this instrument and I'm wondering, do you still do you still find discoveries? Oh, all the time. With violin, I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. I will keep learning. I will keep learning every day. Um, I just thought that I was so totally hopeless about anything to do with technology, even before the pandemic, even even before any of this. I, I don't consider myself a very tech savvy person. So um, I was pleasantly surprised during the, 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 the pandemic that it's not that hopeless. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to violin, I, I'm learning all the time, having a wonderful time learning. I discover new things in the old pieces that I played for many years. I discover new pieces and I learn notes that are being produced, created as we speak, so to say, by living composers. And all these things I absolutely love doing. Oh my God, that is so exciting. That's amazing to think that you could be such a master of this instrument, which is so difficult, such a difficult um, instrument to play, and that you're finding new things with it. And I can see teaching, you would ex you get that exploration um, through someone else's eyes. But the fact that through your own practice, I, I find that really exciting and extraordinary. I do actually discover so many things in so many different ways. And sometimes it's from my own practicing. Sometimes it's in working with my students. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's just listening to my colleagues or collaborating um, with, with conductors, with other musicians. There's so many opportunities, I think, that um, I have to be able to learn, to be inspired, to be engaged. And 
part of this is that um, one has to stay open-minded, I think. Uh, and of course, I realized that I was rather rather close-minded about technology, but um, with music, I have learned this value of staying open-minded um, and trying to keep keep you know sort of broadening my horizons and actually with that comes this wonderful opportunity to keep growing to keep discovering new things oh that's really terrific you know um speaking of broadening your horizons I've, one of the things i've always been a little fascinated about with you is that i feel your decision to become a musician was um very deliberate you know you you studied psychology and gender studies in college. So, you know, there, and, and I went, I, I find that absolutely fascinating. Personally, I went to a, a woman's college, I went to Wellesley. So I feel like kind of my whole life has been an experiment in gender studies, but, but, you know, being so talented from such a young age, many people might've thought it was a foregone conclusion. You would have a career in music, but I feel that you, you chose very deliberately and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you always felt that that is, that's what you would do. But I'm, I'm just curious to know what that journey was like in terms of that decision. I feel that I'm extremely fortunate to have been in the position to be able to make a choice. And I was always encouraged to really, you know, get myself involved in the things that I was curious about um, and passionate about. I always loved people. Um, I've always loved uh, interacting with people. I also loved, of course, music, the violin. Um, I loved the power of the music to bring people together. And I think that ultimately is what actually helped me make my decision. I was fascinated by psychology. That's what I studied in college and in grad school. And it's really amazing. It's unbelievable how the mind works and how individual all minds function. Uh, and of course, you know, there is something that is never ending when you start to look down that path. And I find that to be so invigorating and motivational as well. Um, music also has that capacity, I think, and it does for me. And it has this never ending possibility to keep learning, to keep being inspired, um, to keep hearing different things. And so that added with possibility of getting music um, to serve as a reason for people to come together and by coming together to perhaps start a discussion um, or to perhaps start an exchange or to start thinking about each other and at the same time about oneself. Uh, I think it always goes in both directions. One looks out and one looks in as a result. And so I think that in the end steered me more into music but I think I would have also been very happy doing other uh, passion, the other passions that I had, including psychology. Um, that is not to say that I have any regrets. I'm so grateful 
for having had this um, decision made that I was able to go into music, that I'm pursuing music, and I'm using music as a context, as a way to be able to connect with others um, and to share with others. I feel I'm very, very lucky. Music is an extraordinary way to connect with others, especially live music, which is something that we we realized even more how much we appreciate. Um, and it and to be in relationship with with someone through music is is also something um, I feel very much what you're saying. It's 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 extraordinary and it's so very important, perhaps now more than ever. And maybe now would be a good time to talk about um, some of the pieces that you're going to be playing this weekend with our Austin Symphony and the most wonderful Peter Bay. Um, and and I'm curious to know why in particular you may have have wanted to do these pieces if they're pieces you you especially enjoy playing and i'm also going to ask you and maybe this is a little unfair because watching you perform midori i do feel um that there becomes a bit of a vulcan mind meld between you and the violin i almost feel that the violin um, and you are playing together, you know, with, with some violinists, I do see, I do feel uh, that person is playing the violin, but with the two of you, I feel very much, it's different. I feel very much it's a partnership. And I'm so curious to know if you could express what that feels like, um, on stage, because it's almost in your performance is almost like a, like a dance to me. Well, for the concerts this weekend, I'm going to be performing the Sibelius Violin Concerto, which is, it, it's, I don't know, you know, I don't know why that is, but it's amazing piece. <laughs> Simply put, it's a gorgeous piece. It's incredible. It's one of the most popular pieces we have for our repertoire, of course, but it became so popular because there's a reason for it. I don't know what the reasons are, except that it's amazing. <laughs> I love playing this piece and um, it has drama, it has beauty, it has excitement, it has depth, um, it has such a wide range of expression and challenges. So it's it's such a treat to be able to play this and it never gets tiresome or I never get tired of it. It doesn't matter how often I played it. It doesn't matter how many times I played it. It's just every time I play it, it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful work. And of course, one only hopes to be able to do it justice or come close to giving it justice. So that's how I feel about the piece. And for the other part of your question, okay, well, I can't imagine myself going up on stage without my violin. It is a partner, as you say, um, and together we make music, we play the notes that's on paper to make them come alive. And it's just such a wonderful relationship. I love my instrument, um, this particular instrument, it gives me a lot of challenge. Um, it's not an easy instrument to play. Um, it's not that I can do whatever I want with it. It's an instrument that has to be respected. It's an instrument that has to be taken care of. Um, it's an instrument that one has to know how to produce a sound for. And there are many, many things to learn from this. But I think that I really enjoy the partnership and that we're able, because of the challenges I get from the instrument, that pushes me harder to be able to aspire to produce music. 
And you play Midori with such such an intensity. You you know, I just um, you know, from the outside looking in, I I see moments of of bliss. I think I see moments of intensity and concentration. Does it is it in a way uh, like meditating? Would that be fair? Or that's not quite right. I don't meditate, so I, I actually don't know what that experience is like. But when fair I'm playing, enough. when I'm playing, I concentrate so much. I'm in the music and the playing of that music so much that, of course, it's a process that's very difficult to remember after the fact what it was like. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. Um, for for the younger generation, and you have had a kind of a commitment to the accessibility of music for the younger generation, even before you became a teacher. If you come across someone who is struggling in the sense that feeling discouraged, there are so many musicians, the violin is so difficult. I would love to make my career in this way, but does the world need one more violin voice, you know, how how can I matter? Is there something um, that you would say in particular, if, not a fair question because we are all individuals, but if someone is struggling in that way, feeling a bit defeated um, or uh, discouraged by the competition, is there something that, that you would share um, or offer to that person? Again, as you say, it is such an individual question. Um, it's difficult to offer something that's very general. Um, I know that this is a career that offers a lot of challenges, a lot of disappointments, unfortunately, but also many, many rewards. And that at the end of the day, it's about your relationship to the music and also to your instrument. If it's something that one place or one does because we're told that we have to do it. I don't know if it's it's possible to continue. There are too many challenges um, and too many difficulties, but there's something that is very deep in us that actually keeps us connected to the instrument, to the music. Then it's something that has to be taken very seriously. Yes, makes sense. So, Midori, I have one last question for you about um, any future projects that you may be working on that you would like to um, share. Anything in particular coming up that you're looking forward to? I feel you you always have your fingers in a lot of um, different pies. I do. And that's what makes it so interesting, exciting. Um, I'm very much looking forward to finishing a recording project with pianist Johnny Thibaudet. This is a complete sonatas for piano and violin of Beethoven. Um, we are kind of midway, a little bit past midway now, so very excited to be um, completing it fairly soon. Um, I have different projects coming up. It is actually coming to my 40th anniversary since my debut next year. And so I'm very excited about the different projects that I get to tackle uh, and including exploring new repertoire, uh, bringing back old repertoire, putting them together um, in a single project. Um, going to some of the places that I have never been to yet, and as well as going back to places in terms of community engagement. It's going to be my 30th anniversary of Midorian Friends, as well as of music sharing. Because of the pandemic, many of the programs have had to go 
online last year, but we are now coming back to being in person. And I'm very excited about that and to be going in that direction uh, for all my projects with partners in performance, with orchestra residencies program, working again with youth orchestras around this country. So there are many things coming up. Oh, very exciting. That's wonderful. And of course, this weekend, much to look forward to Saturday, and, Friday and Saturday night uh, with your performance with uh, our Austin Symphony. And tickets are available at austinsymphony.org. Midori, I hope you're able to enjoy some of Austin. I don't know how much time you have to, um, and of course, you have to stay safe too. It must be um, a, a little bit of a push-pull, but I hope you get to enjoy our city a bit. Thank you. I'm enjoying the weather very much. And I can't get over how much this this city has grown since the last time I was here. And I'm mesmerized by all these new buildings. I know, right? We here can't believe how much it's grown and changed. It's pretty extraordinary. Well, thank you so much. I'm just, I'm so grateful for your time and so looking forward to this weekend. And the fact that you're here in Austin, um, it's it's wonderful. It's a good feeling and it, it feels like like the world is getting a little bit closer to a new normal, whatever that um, may look like. So um, thank you. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful weekend here in Austin. Thank you very much.